you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G. D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 team. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. This is a daily podcast covering the World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Ben Samperio, Chavez Green Fiends, here with Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, how is it going? It's going well, Vince. We always mention that the Dodgers are World Series champions, and I, I keep thinking somebody ought to make a video out of that or something. Yeah, that's definitely something that should be done and something that we're going to talk about today. Uh, the Dodgers' initial World Series video was released with Vince Gully narrating. Uh, Jeff and I both were able to watch it, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk a little transition that into a little bit of talk about are the Dodgers a dynasty or what do they have to do to become a dynasty? And that's pretty much it for today's show. But before that, I want to remind you to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers Refugee Podcast. When you get in your car, if you're at home, tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked on Dodgers. All right, before we get into the video talk, Kiki Hernandez caused a stir on social media, changing his profile picture to him with a hat with a question mark on it uh you know collectively dodgers twitter wasn't a fan of the move for obvious reasons but i mean honestly he's a free agent and he doesn't know where he's going to play next yet as of now probably yeah and it was kind of funny to me it almost seemed like people were just becoming aware that he was a free agent they don't totally grasp what free agency means and and the fact is if the dodgers want kike back uh he'll be back um, but I think it's likely for a variety of reasons, you know, uh, you know, if, if they want him back badly enough to give him a starting job, I should say. Um, but you know, Kike, he seems like one of the least likely to return to the Dodgers, which, which is sad. I, I like Kike. Um, you know, I, I sometimes like him more as a personality than as a player, Although obviously defensively he's very very good, and he did have some some key offensive moments throughout his Dodgers career, including in Game Seven of the NLCS this year, and so uh, you know, but it just seems like Kike in the last six or seven years has earned the right to go out and find himself a starting job, and I don't know that the Dodgers have that to give to him, and so yeah, he currently doesn't know who he's going to be playing for, and so. The hat makes sense, and maybe it was a, a attention-seeking move to change his profile picture and announce that, but uh, I don't know. It seemed as close to non-news as you can get. Yeah, 100% a attention-seeking move, but not in a bad way. That's just, you know, he's a free agent for the first time ever, and, you know, some guys treat it, treat it differently, and yeah, it's not a big deal. And him and Jock are s- sort of in a similar boat where, they're frustrating, but then they've had big moments in the playoffs. Probably what you're going to remember the most once they, if they do move on. So we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, good luck to Kike in his free agency. But let's move on to 
the Dodgers World Series and the video that was released. A lot of people said their DVDs were delayed, but you are able to watch it or rent it on iTunes. I'm not sure if there's any other streaming services or services that have it. Uh, but yeah, Jeff, we both got to watch it. Vin narrating the six games of the World Series. What did you think, or where do you want to start, or you know, lead the way? Yeah, I have it on my Christmas list, and so I'm, I'm not allowed to buy it for myself right now because I get in trouble if I buy things for myself in December, uh, because I'm hard enough to shop for for Christmas as it is apparently, and so. I couldn't buy it, but it was only five bucks to rent it on iTunes, and for me that was totally worth it to get to watch it one time. This is one of those things that you you have it as much to own it as you do to watch it. It's you know it's one of those things I'll probably watch it. I'll, I'll watch it several times in the next few months, but then it'll be more like once a year. You know, I, I still sometimes bust out in my 1988 videos and, and watch them, uh, but you know it's not something that you necessarily need to watch all the time. And so owning it digitally uh, doesn't make as much sense to me, but renting it for five bucks made a lot of sense. So I could sit here and watch it. So I watched it uh, over the course of a couple hours this evening, paused for dinner and, and stuff. And uh, I really, really enjoyed reliving that. There, there were things, you know, the, the first, uh, you know, game one and two, you and I were both in Dallas. And so we didn't experience it the same way people watching at home on TV did. Uh, So that was kind of interesting to watch some of those highlights that I hadn't really seen as much from those games and just reliving. There were things I was surprised. Maybe that's my big takeaway. I was surprised at how many things I had already forgotten. You know, I forgot Justin Turner homered again in game four after homering the first inning of game three. So obviously game four probably want to forget a lot about that. And it's, kind of i mean the good thing that the dodgers won but it was kind of in the boat of game five of the 2017 world series where a lot of baseball fans or casual baseball people really like those games because of the back and forth nature but in the moment and then after the dodgers lost it wasn't really a fun game to look back at or think about it's cool to have some player interviews i'm not quite sure when they were recorded maybe right after those games happened or maybe on the day off when they had those games uh because they they kind of go through every single game one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, and have perspectives of both sides, you know, the Dodgers side, the Rays side. A lot of Brett Phillips, I'm sure that's because he was one of the ones that was willing to talk the most. But yeah, it was cool, little little things here and there, you know, the little interviews that kind of add to it. It's narrated by Vin Scully. I mean, I, for me, I if you watch it through the end and then you get a Vin monologue at the end, playing over Dodgers World Series celebrations from this year and years past, uh, yeah, it had me crying crying a good amount yeah absolutely uh the interviews i I thought that was interesting too it's kind of like watching an episode of guys grocery games or one of those cooking shows where they have interviews or or even like any reality show you know the real world uh, that's probably not still on huh Uh, that's that's how old i am uh but you know where they have these interviews and you're always trying to figure okay when did they do this and and yeah you there was definitely uh more smiles on Kevin Cash's face than you would expect if they had done them after the series. So they must have been done in the moment. Uh, it, one of my favorite ones was Blake Snell after being pulled from game two. Uh, they they talked to him and and you could tell he hadn't yet been pulled from game six when he did that interview because uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't like it, but he wasn't nearly as mad as I think he would have been if it had been interviewed after game six too. Yeah, it's around that 30-minute mark of the video when he talks about, when he's talking about game two. 
it's foreshadowing a little bit. You know, he said if it's a close game, late in the game, Cash is going to go to the bullpen or Cash is not going to let you go that deep or something to that extent. And just the way he says it is such a good foreshadowing to what would happen in game six. So that was a, a cool little quirk that I might clip out and, and post uh, later. Yeah, and this was the first time I've rewatched that the final play of game four. I When that happened in, in real time, I turned the TV off as soon as Rosarena touched the plate, and I had never watched a replay of it again. Uh, and so this is the first time I've seen that, and it didn't hurt as much. I still didn't, didn't enjoy it. I'm looking forward to getting the full DVD set with, with all six games in their entirety, but I did decide tonight watching uh, this video that I'm only going to watch games one, three, five, and six in their entirety when I get that set. Yeah, the game four, it, it was a diff, like different angles too. It wasn't the broadcast angle, so it wasn't quite, it didn't quite sting the same. Obviously, they won, and it would have stung. Or we would, it wouldn't have stung because I wouldn't have watched it if the Dodgers hadn't won the World Series. But yeah, cool little video and uh, something if you guys want to go watch or to enjoy multiple times, whatever you want to do with it, go ahead and do so. We're going to come back and talk about Dodgers and a dynasty and what that means. Are they already won? What do they need to become one if they're not? But before we talk about that, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars. We said it once. I'll say it again. We'll say it as many times as we're contractually obligated to. But we're not just saying it because of that. We're saying it because they are legitimately the best tasting protein bars I've ever had. I've never purposely or on my own bought protein bars, but I did buy Built Bars. So that's an endorsement in its own. And they're all covered in chocolate. They have a bunch of different flavors. Basically, if you, any type of flavor you're looking for, they're going to have it or, or have something close to it. So you want to go get yourself some Built Bars. And the best part is, yes, they taste great, but they're also good for you. You know, Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Good for a wide variety of diets or a wide variety of lifestyles. Whatever you need it for, Built Bar is there. And right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you'll get 20% off with the promo code Locked On. That's 20% off, promo code locked on, builtbar.com. Keep it locked on, Dodgers. All right, Jeff, for some reason, I had Juan Uribe on my mind when I was thinking of obscure former Dodger, and he doesn't quite fit the mold. Maybe down the line he would, but right now he doesn't. And I, so I went to his rookie season, which was with the Rockies in 2002, I believe, and tried to find a obscure former Dodger from that team or 2001 and there's actually a lot of former Dodgers on that team some obscure some not so obscure but one that stood out to me that he's kind of become obscure as time goes on especially with all the great players the Dodgers have had that's Juan Pierre Juan Pierre uh, was kind of had a weird career with the Dodgers specifically he signed a somewhat big deal back then 44 million dollar deal with the Dodgers back in 2006 and then in 2007 he led the league in a bunch of things that don't necessarily mean you're a great player like he his, if you look at his baseball reference page he has a lot of black bold numbers bold numbers that mean that he was a league leader and but most of them are in games played, played appearances at bats couple times in hits, a few times stolen bases, and a lot of times in caught stealing, and then sacrifice hits. So, you know, he kind of has one of the more interesting baseball reference pages. Pierre had a had interesting 
because he didn't play that bad, but the Dodgers uh, did sign Andrew Jones going into 2008. So Pierre got moved to left field, and the Dodgers traded for Manny Ramirez that year. So then Juan Pierre moved to the bench and was mainly a pinch runner. And then he ended up staying in that role because the Dodgers brought back Manny Ramirez. He ended up being a starter once Manny Ramirez got suspended. And then he ended up, I don't remember this, but in on Wikipedia it says, in recognition of his hard work in Ramirez's uh, absence, the Dodger fans gave Juan Pierre a standing ovation on July 16th, the same game where Manny Ramirez had his first home game since returning from suspension. I don't remember that, but uh, if it happened, Wikipedia says it happened. I'm, I'm sure it happened. The Dodgers ended up trading him to the White Sox, and then he went on to play with a few other teams. But yeah, he, he was an interesting Dodger and one of those guys that the thing that always stood out to me with him is that he wore a hat under his helmet. <laughs> yeah, and that used to be a thing. I remember when I was a kid, like more people used to do that. And uh, I, I don't think there's anybody in the big leagues right now who who does that. And I hadn't even thought about that until you just mentioned that. But that was actually a pretty common thing when I was a kid. Uh, but yeah, the thing that stands out to me most about Juan Uribe is for as fast as he was, he never was a good defensive outfielder. Uh, he had much worse range than you would expect a fast guy to have, which I assume means he wasn't good at reading the ba uh, ball off the bat. And he had an arm equivalent to uh, my grandmother's right arm after her stroke that left her right right side of her body paralyzed. That was roughly Juan Pierre's arm. He and Scott Pedsednik could have a baseball throwing contest and they would both lose. Yeah, he definitely didn't have, wasn't going to throw anybody out at all. All right, let's move on to some dynasty talk. Now, this question came a while ago from a listener. It's a question. I'm sorry, I don't remember who sent it in or what, but it was about dynasty. Are the Dodgers a dynasty or, or what do they need to do? How many do they need to win to be a dynasty? And it's an interesting conversation, you know, eight straight. NOS titles, a World Series title this year. As you look back, you know, 2017 appears to be a World Series title, not in the physical form, but just in the mental form for most people. And then obviously 2018, they lost. But yeah, Jeff, I mean, there's a lot of ways to attack this, but do you, I guess we'll start. Do you think the Dodgers are a dynasty or what's your definition of a dynasty and get it going from there? Yeah, this dynasty talk might be kind of like, uh, kind of like talking about an ace situation who's a, who's an ace and where you the biggest issue is that anytime two people are arguing about it they're rarely talking about the same thing um you if you talk or a, or a number a number one pitcher you know and technically there are 30 number one pitchers in baseball every year because there are 30 guys who are at the front of their team's rotation uh but at any given time, there's probably only 12 or 14 guys who you would consider an ace or a number one starter. And sometimes, like in 2015, multiple of them on the same team. And so I think Dynasty might be the same th kind of situation where, you know, everybody has a different definition of it and there isn't a clear definition. And so uh, for me, I, I feel like a Dynasty needs to have more than one championship involved to to qualify as a dynasty. Uh, but with that said, that doesn't, uh, I don't necessarily think a dynasty is the end all be all. And uh, I would rather have a team 
like the Dodgers that that is giving us a chance every year as fans to see a winning team. They we know that they're going to put a good product on the field. They're going to make the postseason and have a good chance to win it all. And and even if that, you know, I I don't know. Would you consider the Braves of the of the '90s and early 2000s a dynasty? Because it's kind of the same thing. They only won the one World Series, but they, I mean, if you say the Braves of the '90s and early 2000s, everybody knows you're talking about a team that won the division every year and was, you know, had three Hall of Famers in their starting rotation and a couple Hall of Famers in their lineup, and and they were a great, great team. And I, I don't know, maybe that's the best comparison point is that Braves team to this current Dodgers team right now. Kind of the only comparison of recent memory um, because, you know, the Yankees, they had a string of playoff appearances or not necessarily division titles, but playoff appearances. And they, but they won a few titles, you know, they won four in what four in six or seven years whatever it was it was four and five years yeah four and five years and then you know you have a team like the giants that won three and five years but you don't ever really hear the dynasty talk and probably because they weren't necessarily a dominant team they just happened to get hot in october three times only one of those times they were the actual division winners right so I don't I don't think they get looped into that because of that, but you know, three and five titles would be considered a dynasty had they been winning division titles and been a dominant team. I think the Dodgers are, are on the precipice. I don't think they're a dynasty yet, at least in the way I would think of a dynasty. And I think you're right. I think they need more than one World Series title. I think if they can get one more in the next two years, then there's talk of potential dynasty I know that for Dodger fans, it, it might be something that may be talked about. For fans that, of teams, not the Dodgers, uh, you know, they probably feel like, oh, the Dodgers need to win like three titles for them to be a dynasty. And that's rightfully so. Everybody has a different definition. There's not necessarily one definition in sports of what a dynasty is. So, yeah, for the Dodgers, I think they got to win one of the next two to even have a, a dynasty, a true dynasty conversation. That would be 10 straight division titles with two world series and at least four world series appearances in the last six seasons five seasons or yeah five seasons so yeah i think that's where it needs to go but i mean they're right there and the, and i think the other part of a dynasty that you kind of remember is like the yankees if you you couldn't call them a dynasty and you remember you remember jeter and posada and mariano and all those guys and pettit with the Dodgers, if that happens, and assuming Kershaw stays, even if he doesn't, you're going to think of Kershaw, you're going to think of Bellinger, you're going to think of Seager, you're going to think of Justin Turner, assuming he comes back. So you're going to think of those guys, and I think that's another part of Dynasty where you kind of have a core of main players that everyone remembers. Yeah, that's probably true. You think of the big red machine of the 70s, and, and you've got Pete Rose and Johnny Bench and Joe Morgan and Dave Concepcion and, and those guys, and... You know, there's other guys who weren't necessarily on all of those teams, George Foster, uh, guys like that. But, but yeah, their their core really did stick around, and that, you know, that might be a part of it. If uh, if the Astros hadn't cheated in 2017, the Dodgers would have two World Series titles in the last four seasons, to go along with their eight, uh, eight straight division titles. Would that would that make them a dynasty already, you think, if they had two of the last four? I say, yeah, two of the last four 
appearing in three of the last four, I think that's a dynasty. And I think if, honestly, I think if they win in 2017, for some reason, some butterfly effect, it changes 2019. Maybe they don't make it to the World Series, but maybe they beat the Nationals in advance and it changes perspective. But I think if they 2017 was a straight up win, they'd be already considered dynasty talk right now. Yeah, I think if Clayton Kershaw already had his ring, Dave Roberts doesn't bring Clayton Kershaw back out to pitch the eighth inning in game five against the Nats. And and so, you know, and obviously there's what ifs. And the reason that we don't have dynasties very often is because there's so many little things that can happen in baseball. And the best team doesn't always win the World Series. In fact, I I think I looked and as something like in my, you know, I, I'm 43 years old. And it's been something like 11 times in my lifetime that the team with the best record in baseball actually won the World Series. And so it's not it's it's not just that the best team doesn't always win. It's that the best team rarely wins the World Series. And so and for me, that's part of why maybe the idea of a dynasty doesn't matter to me as much when it is based on championships, which I think it is based on championships. But uh, basically, I think the Dodgers are clearly the best team of the last eight seasons for the last eight years uh cumulatively they are the best team in baseball and when you have a run that long it it uh it's hard to say whether it's a dynasty or not it's something really really good and if it's not a dynasty it's something better than a dynasty because like you said honestly uh the giants went in three and five years but they didn't even make the postseason in those other two years, or they, uh, at least one of the years, they they didn't even make the postseason, and and then they've been lousy since then. And so what the Dodgers have done to put together a team that can compete for a championship every year while still having a great farm system, still bringing people up through the pipeline and replenishing when guys leave in free agency or whatever. Uh, you know, in 2015 they lost. After 2015, they lost Zach Granke, who had been had the lowest ERA in baseball in 2015 and then they got better and that's just kind of what the Dodgers do uh, the, in 2020 Clayton Kershaw couldn't start on opening day so instead Dustin May went out and pitched awesome you know that it's the Dodgers are constantly replenishing their major league team with a great farm system and if it's not a dynasty it's something even better than a dynasty yeah I think if you go kind of by like general definition of dynasty so the rule of such a sequence in terms of a sequence of rulers from the same family stalker group and then the rule of such a sequence they are the rulers of the nos so i mean but you don't throw the nos dynasty talk so in terms of you know literal definition they might already be considered a dynasty but in terms of kind of sports definition yeah they probably need another championship but at the end of the day if they don't necessarily become this dynasty we're still expecting them to be in the playoffs every single year. And yeah, that sucks that they're not going to be winning in that sense. But for the most part, if you know, if you give me a, a season to be able to watch and season to be able to be excited about my team, that's something I'll take every day. We, we are in a group with the locked on other locked on hosts and you know, the Royals won in 2015. It doesn't last the, you know, the magic doesn't last that long. They've been bad for the last few years and you know just the way the locked on royals host talk is you know that's not something i want to be that's not a point i ever want to get to be with the dodgers i want to be seeing a competitive team and being excited about being in october every single year if even if it necessarily 
doesn't end in a World Series every single year. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, it's the best when it does end in a World Series championship. Uh, we are very happy about that. But uh, you and I, one of the good things about having a podcast these last five years is you and I are on record many, many times that we will take a year-in, year-out competitive team that gives us a chance and gives us, if nothing else, six months of enjoyment and usually seven months of enjoyment. I mean, in the last eight years, we've gotten seven months, six and a half months of enjoyment every single year that was a, lo- a season that was awesome until the last day. And in 2020, we finally got one that was awesome through the last day. And that's uh, that's uh, something that team fans of a lot of teams don't get to experience that. And I feel bad for them, but hey, suckers, nobody's forcing you to be a Royals fan. Come be a Dodger fan. It's fun every year. And, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with bandwagon fans. Everybody becomes a fan at some point in their own special way. And so if if you're fed up with being a, a fan of the – who's a good team that's a doormat? The Orioles. The Orioles just dumped the only guys who even resemble big league b- ball players. You're tired of being an Orioles fan? Come join the Dodgers. You know, it'll be harder because you live on the East Coast and you got to stay up late to watch the games. It doesn't matter. It's worth it because you get seven months of fun every year. And – and then the rest of the the year, you're looking forward to next year. And so being a Dodger fan, uh, I feel bad for people who aren't. And I'm glad that I was born into a Dodger family and that I come by my Dodger fandom, honestly, uh, because it's a pretty awesome thing. Sports sports fandom loyalty is always an interesting thing. You know, some, a lot of it's based geographical sometimes or, you know, based on how your parents raise you. And then you do you feel compelled or you feel... You know, you don't want to be shamed for switching teams. And I, I would shame people that switch teams. You know, I, I always try to bring people on the Dodger bandwagon that are not Dodger fans. But realistically, if they actually did come over to the Dodger side, I'd probably make fun of them for not being loyal. But uh, then at the end of the day, I'd be happy that we have another Dodger fan on board. So, yeah, it's great to be a Dodger fan, uh, even if they're not quite a dynasty yet. But they can strive to be a dynasty. And... As much as I hate to say it, you know, the the New England Patriots are kind of a franchise to model after. They've been in the playoffs for damn near 20 years, and they've won four or five championships sprinkled throughout that. uh, Five or five, yeah, five, six, whatever Tom Brady's won. I don't really like to count, but, you know, that's kind of the sustained success along with championships that everyone could strive to be. But he's no Eli Manning. That's all I know. That's true. All right, uh, Jeff, you got anything else? Just one last thing. You see this? If you look on the other side, I'm showing you my brand new hat. Oh, with the right size. Size eight and an eighth. I finally got a hat with the Dodgers World Series Championship patch hat in size eight and an eighth. And so it is the first time I've ever owned a hat that actually fits me the way I want it to. And it still will fit me in a month when I've sweated in a little bit and it and it's shrunk a little bit. It'll still fit my huge noggin. And I am so excited about that. Wow. Congrats to you, Jeff. That is very exciting. And yeah, that'll do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Make sure to subscribe and make sure to listen every single day. We are here Monday through Friday. If you miss a day, we're still there the next day. You can go back and listen to two episodes if you really want or listen on the weekends or listen on double speed, whatever it is that you want to do. If you're not listening five times a week, maybe up that 
whatever you listen to, up it by one, and we appreciate that. Make sure to rate and review if you have the time on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to tell your friends and family about us. If you want to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vincent Perio. The DMs are open on all those accounts. If you want to leave a question or if you want other ways to leave questions or comments or concerns, our voicemail text at 323-863-LOCK or email LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car or if you're at home, tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles. Your Los Angeles. Our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye!